You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Emmanuel quickly is reportedly eyeing a big payday. At least that's what at least rival teams believe at this point in time. So you had heavy.com NBA reporter Sean Devaney say a league executive told him that Emmanuel quickly is seeking a nine-figure deal in his next contract. The league's ex said, quote, he's going to want nine figures, and that's for four years. I can't say the Knicks will go that high, but they might have to. He's not a guy you want to send to restricted free agency. So Emmanuel quickly is coming off the best season of his career. He was a runner-up runner for six-man of the year this season, an award I think he should have won at the time he agrees. Uh, he posted a career-best 14.9 points per game on almost 45% field goal shooting and 37% from three. So, Tommy, are you comfortable with the Knicks paying Emmanuel quickly $100 million plus on a four-year contract? So here's where I'll, here's what I'll say. Um, the players are worth what they are what they can command on the open market. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously that's what quickly and, and his agent are trying to determine. And that's what the Knicks are, are trying to figure out as well. Um, at the moment, I think it's probably a bit of a stretch to it, it's I wouldn't say it's a difficult argument to make, but it's a challenging argument to make that he could command a hundred million dollars on the open market, you know, an average annual value of around twenty-five million dollars per season. Um, not outside the realm of possibility, you know, when you consider guys like Jordan Poole signed a hundred twenty-eight million dollar rookie extension. Yeah. Um, Tyler Hero, $120 million rookie extension. Are those players more valuable than Emmanuel Quickly? Uh, I don't know. So, you, when, you know, when you're factoring the rising cap, um, and, and we'll talk about the CBA, um, despite the cap rising, there's going to be a, a downward push uh, on escalating contracts, especially at the higher end of the $100 million, et cetera. Right. Um, so here's kind of where I sit in terms of, uh, you know, big picture on IQ. I think the Knicks will come in offering somewhere in the neighborhood of four for 70, 75, 80 in that neighborhood. They'll start a little bit low, ideally planning to end up with around four for 85 with, you know, 78 Mm -hmm. guaranteed somewhere in there, you know, some maybe at descending value, you know, some of the other things, a player option, team option, et cetera. Um, IQ's camp will obviously start at, you know, 105, 110, and then, and then come down maybe. So I think they do meet somewhere in the middle. My concern for the Knicks would be, while I while it's difficult to make an argument that he's a no-brainer, $100 million player at this moment, if he plays as next season as well as he played this season and hits restricted free agency, he's going to get a, an offer in excess of $100 million, you know, or at least at that $100 million number. Um, there's going to be plenty of teams with cap space. Um, and if you're a young team, the Spurs, the the the, the uh, uh, Rockets, obviously, these uh, you know the Magic. The, these are teams, the Pistons. These are teams that you know the, it fit is obviously p- plays a role. But part of that beauty of, of IQ's value is his versatility. Um, yeah. so, I, so I think there's a lot to be said there. Ultimately, I think the Knicks have to do what it takes to, to secure a deal. You want to play hardball for a little while, wait up to the 11th hour, wait up to the day before the, the regular season starts. I have no problem with that. Um, you know, it's, it's training camp may be a bit awkward in, in preseason games, et cetera. Um, but long story short, I think it's really important to lock down Emmanuel quickly. Um, you talked about his numbers. He's led the league, he's led the Knicks in uh, plus minus last two years. The Knicks are a better basketball team when he's on the floor. He's, his versatility. 
he's a, sm a smart kid, a good kid. Doesn't doesn't cause waves or problems. Um, he's a guy you want to. Uh, uh, this is a franchise that believes itself to be on the rise, and I, we both agree that it's ascending. Yeah. He's the type of guy you want to keep around because things, you know, he he he, he organizes the offense. He is uh, a great defender. Um, there's a lot to like there, and the Knicks should not let him get away. Yeah, it's so funny. Like to me, this is the stare down that I've been anticipating for this franchise for a while now. And I feel like I've hinted at it. I've kind of pointed to it. And sometimes I kind of say, oh, it's something to look at. And I think that this offseason will be extremely interesting. And this being kind of the first domino of what I think will be a negotiation that may get played a little bit out in the media. Now, this, of course, is from our rival executive, but I, I don't take that and think, oh, that's something that means I could discredit it. I mean, rival executives talk to agents of all players, and Emmanuel Quickly's representation represents other players. I'm sure they're asking, hey, what's Emmanuel Quickly going to go for, you think? And this is what they're apparently telling teams. And they want to tell teams because if they do get their restricted free agency and the Knicks don't give it any extension, this is what he's going to be looking for potentially next year. Now, Emmanuel Quickly had a great season last season, particularly regular season. I'm, I'm emphasizing yeah. he was spectacular. Um, his defense, I think underrated one of the best defensive guards coming off the bench in the league last year, his efficiency coming off the bench, his shot creation, his shot making ability, uh, everything improved for Emmanuel quickly. Then the playoffs came and the playoffs were an entirely different animal for Emmanuel quickly. He struggled mightily in the Cleveland series. He struggled mightily in the Miami series and then he got hurt and couldn't finish that series and that's how his season ended and as i tweeted i'll say on this podcast if emmanuel quickly came to me and i was leon rose and he asked me i want 100 plus million i just start reading off his game log for what he did during the playoffs because when i look at giving the guys a 100 million dollar contract and it's not the same as it was you know 15 20 years ago is the money's a lot different now obviously but when i'm thinking about giving out that kind of money jalen brunson last year came off of a like incredible postseason run and the contract he got from dallas to the knicks was four years 107 million dollars that was him as their starting point guard led his team to a conference finals beat one team essentially without his best player in luka Doncic, and it was coming to new york to be their starting point guard he got four years 107 in my head i don't think a year later i know you know obviously we're in an inflation situation but i don't think a year later that then turns to emmanuel quickly uh, six-man candidate, played a good regular season, had a terrible playoffs, that then he's worth pretty much what Jalen Brunson got last season based on his performance. That does not add up. Jalen Brunson was better than Quickly's regular season was when Jalen Brunson played with the Dallas Mavericks, and he was way better than <laughs> Quickly was in the postseason. Now, as you said, the market dictates what you're worth. So if you're the Knicks, do you risk – saying we're not going to pay him that and maybe say, hey, we want you for 85 or 90 and have that maybe send IQ in a situation where he says, well, I'm just going to go to free agency because I think I can get a lot more. That's going to be the risk because as I've said on this show, and I'll say it now more definitively because we're finally really talking about it, like I think someone will give Emmanuel quickly $100 million to be their starting point guard. Like I 100% believe that. If I was him, I would not sign an extension for the Knicks at 85 or $90 million because – it's going to cap his ability to make more money moving forward in his career because he's always going to be playing behind Jalen Brunson while he's here. Jalen Brunson will always be the starting point guard. And if Jalen Brunson's always going to be starting point guard, 
That also means a man quickly will almost probably never be the starting shooting guard. Like you're not going to play those two guys probably in a backcourt together as your starting backcourt. So there's a future where RJ's traded or Grimes is traded. I don't think that IQ becomes the full-time starting shooting guard. So you're always going to be a six-man kind of guy for the Knicks, which means that you're only going to get six-man kind of money. So at what point do you say, hey, maybe I don't sign this. I see what I do next year. And then let's see what the money is. Now, if I don't play up to that contract and it is what it is, I take that risk. That's fine. But if I do play the way I did last year, somebody's going to offer me $100 million. And then next year I have to make a tough decision. Either I get the money I want or I go somewhere else and I become a starter and I have opportunity to really make myself a star in this league. That's got to be the question Emmanuel quickly is asking. And if I think he was smart, I don't think he would sign a, a, a extension for less than at least 95. Like I think, I think that he absolutely can get more. I'll say this. Um, and, and we talked about it. You mentioned it specifically, you know, earlier in the season, the Mavericks came to Jalen Brunson and said, we'll do 55 million for four years. Uh, right. I, sorry. The, or the Rick Brunson. Went Rick, to the Rick Brunson. Yeah. No, we'll do 55 before. Um, and the, and the, the Mavericks hemmed and hawed and eventually, you know, dropped the ball and, and, and yeah. Brunson bet on himself and parlay that into double the, the salary. Um, and the reason, but the reason Rick Brunson would do that is because there's a lot of unknowns. There's, you know, can, 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 uh, what happens if you get injured? What happens if you have right. a good season? Um, and these are the questions that Emmanuel quickly is going to have to wrestle with if Leon Rose drops an $85 million check in front of his face. That's hard to turn down. This is a player that hasn't cashed in um, relatively well. I think. Um, and, and to your Brunson point, I understand that the comparisons are, are not apples to oranges and, and, and quickly would would fight back and say, I'm a far superior defensive player. I'm not in, you know, right. nobody's going to argue that. But, you know, listen, both sides of the ball. The reason the Knicks stole Jalen Brunson um, was because teams were worried. Is he going to get dominated defensively? Yeah. Full time guard. Can he handle the, you know, and, and all that, et cetera. Um, and, and there's plenty of questions around the menu. Quickly. Certainly no one would suggest that he's worth more than, than Jalen Brunson. But um, his, his ability to contribute on both ends, even when he's struggling offensively to contribute yeah. on the defensive end is, is really what what drives his value. Um I think that there's a compromise to be reached here. And again, I, I I do think a compromise will be reached because as I talked about, the Brunson to turn down that money. Um, our, our producer, JJ, you know, mentioned it right before we went on air here. You don't want to be that Dennis Schroeder situation. Yeah. Where Schroeder turned down 84 million to sign a couple of $5 million deals. You know, his agent told them you're guaranteed. No, no question. You're going to get, you know, then the other teams sign points. that all of a sudden there's all these chairs you figure one will be left for you if they're not you, you know you'll find yourself in trouble that's what happened with Schroeder um and one of the all-time bad fumbles in, in recent NBA history um so that has to be in the back of his mind um my sense is a deal gets done and I think there's a compromise maybe the Knicks uh, offer a little bit less money than quickly would like but give him a player option for that fourth and final season remember quickly's just 23 years old just celebrate yeah. his just celebrate his 24th birthday. Um, so if he comes and, and uh, I think last week, June, uh, yeah, he was June 17th, his birthday. So, you know, 12 days ago, just turned 24. Yeah. So he was 20, the last year, he was 23 the entire season. This season, he'll be 24 the entire season. So if you sign a three-year deal with a player option, one, you lock in that money. Worst case scenario, 85, 80, 90 million. If you play really well for that three-year stretch. Yeah. And you hit free agency at 27 years old and can really sign a, a high value deal. So that's I, I think that's where I could see that that kind of compromise, you know, kind of both sides agreeing to that.
Yeah, I, 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 that, I, I, that's funny because with the Knicks, when we've gotten to these points with players, every time you think, oh, this is going to be uh, an affliction point when it comes to a contract negotiation, that's never happened. I mean, Julius Randle has a great season the first year under Tibbs. And you're thinking, okay, he's going to be in for this massive, huge payday. And then he signs a contract that you think at the time, ah, oh, this seems pretty reasonable. Then our R.J. Barrett, uh, like he has a really good season saying, all right, you know, how much money are you going to give him? Do we really believe in him to be a full max guy? You're really going to give him $160 million. He signs for 107 guaranteed. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, that maybe he's kind of reasonable. And a, lot of people, Mitchell, and a lot of people yeah. said RJ's not going to settle for that. He's going to want, you know, right. But the Knicks have done a good job in finding that middle ground, kind of threading that needle. Right. And you can make the case even Mitchell Robinson's free agency. Yep. Like, I think a lot of people thought Mitchell Robinson was going to be gone. And, <laughs> and you no, know, first day kind of surprise free agency, Mitchell Robinson signed to a deal. And you look at the money, say four years, 60 million, pretty reasonable. Like, they, they never, it doesn't seem like the Knicks, and that's why I think the Knicks, their side cap situation has been kind of envied by a lot of other teams and other franchises because you look at these players that produce them you don't have guys making 35 40 million you don't have guys making way more than they're supposed to with the exception of forming it currently on the roster like they don't have those kind of contracts so it seems like the knicks front office has done a really good job of building a rapport with these guys that are on the team that they want to stay in new york and they want to be a part of what the knicks are building so maybe this will be the case with emmanuel quickly it just feels like this Feels like the one that could be different to me. I don't know why I get that sense. It that's just a the weird feeling I get. I hope I'm wrong. I don't sit here and say I, I hope Man quickly leaves or he he doesn't sign with the Knicks. I think he's an instrumental piece to the Knicks. Like I said in the last podcast, there are players you look at and say when you get to the promised land, you think this guy will be here. I feel like a man quickly would be here if the Knicks got to the promised land, winning a championship. So I want him here, but. This is a negotiation, and we're going to be talking a lot about the CBA and the second apron responsibilities and what all that entails, and you got to be really smart and careful with the money you're giving out if you really want to build your team into a championship contender in this new era of the NBA because it is a, a dawn of a new day. Like Things are very different now with these new CBA rules. And it's also important to point out, the, the quickly does not have the Knicks over the barrel here. The, the Knicks, if anything, have the leverage because – Worst case scenario from a Knicks perspective, they fail to sign quickly to an extension, which they obviously would prefer to lock him in and, and to, you know, have him in-house and, you know, not, not have to worry about the future. But let's say, you know, seemingly worst case scenario for the Knicks, if if they don't sign him, if he plays really well, that's good for the Knicks, obviously improves a chance of right. next season, et cetera. And, you know, he could get a, a high offer, but the Knicks, he'll be restricted. So what the Knicks will always have the final say Next next summer they're in this position. They can say, okay, you, you don't you don't like the offer we sent? Go out, get something better, and we'll match it. Um, if yeah. he, if if they don't sign him to an extension and he plays poorly, then maybe they lock him into a four year sixty million dollar deal. Uh, you know, next summer if he, if he drops his value. To your point, if he plays like he did in the postseason, you know, for for months at a time in the regular season, his value is going to get hurt. Um, so you know, the, the, those are the things that they'll have to weigh. But again. Um, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I understand there's going to be people in quick as a year saying, do not accept a penny less than $100 million. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, both sides, you know, again, to your point about, you know, Randall and, and Barrett, um, you know, there, there seems to be a good bedside manner. They seem to be, you know, with because there's the people, there are a lot of the reason the people didn't think 
Barrett would accept less than the max, and he set, accepted far less than the max was because there's egos involved, and your agent yeah. wants to make sure a number three overall pick gets more than Tyler Hero, gets more than Jordan Poole. Um, but, you know, whether it's negotiation tactics or whatever the case might be, Nick seemed to be able to, like I said, thread that needle where it's not an, where not an offensive offer, but it's, it, it still keeps their, their cap. Um, it keeps their cap relatively clean. And, and, and to your point, and we've mentioned this on the pod before, 16 teams made the playoffs. There were another four teams that made the play-in tournament. Of those 20 teams, the Knicks are the one and only organization that did not have a single player making more than $28 million this year. Mm. Um, so many teams have a few guys making 50, and then they have to and then they have to round out their roster with minimum salary guys. The, the yeah. beauty of the Knicks really under Leon Rose, and if they become successful – the, 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 you know, it's a copycat league. Other teams will copycat it is try to find a bevy of guys in that 15 to 30 range. Um, you have to strike gold with a Jalen Brunson. Um, and sometimes you're going to strike out with a guy like Evan Fournier, but you flip that piece, et cetera. Um, and then obviously draft will. So those are the things that are, that are going to, you know, kind of play into this, this situation here. Um, and like I said, with the, and one last thing before we move on from the, yeah. the IQ situation, um, as we talked about the Josh Hart scenario, um, I think it's going to you know give us an idea of what happens if the Knicks do if Hart does opt in and then sign the extension, etc. The Knicks are more likely to use that mid level. And as we talked about on, on Tuesday's show, if you it's it's hard to envision signing a guy to twelve plus million dollars a year for him to play ten minutes a night. So if you're signing somebody right. to mid level exception, maybe your thinking is okay. We're signing this guy to replace this guy in the rotation, not to add this guy to the rotation. And maybe his IQ is that guy that they put out feelers and, and have a, a down the line. So, so just something to keep in mind. That is something I would think about as well. But I know, as I said, if I was Leon Rose and I saw that playoff performance, I'd come into negotiation like this. Use that against him. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I love IQ, but this is a business. Yep. This is a business.